Hey there, I'm Rachel Roberts, and this is Don't Sleep On It by HuffPost. Today, we're talking about Chicago soon to have its first black female mayor, and how to deal with the office oversharer. But first, Michael Cohen, former personal lawyer to President Donald Trump, told his side of the story about working with the president when he testified before the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform on Wednesday. Cohen released his opening statement hours before he read it for Congress, saying he felt, quote, ashamed of working for Trump and accusing the president of having had prior knowledge of the Democratic National Committee hack. Listen to some of that opening statement here. I am ashamed that I chose to take part in concealing Mr. Trump's illicit acts rather than listening to my own conscience. I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist, he is a con man, and he is a cheat. Cohen spent much of the hearing detailing his questionable activities and business practices he says were done at the direction of Trump. During his explosive testimony, the former fixer submitted to Congress copies of two checks that were part of the $130,000 he received for his reimbursement of the Stormy Daniels payment. Trump and White House officials have previously denied Trump ever had an affair with Daniels, who is legally known as Stephanie Clifford. Republicans tried to attack Cohen's testimony by pointing out that he pleaded guilty for lying to Congress. In response, Cohen said, quote, I take responsibility. I am remorseful, unquote. Throughout the testimony, Cohen's replies were limited on order of the special counsel's office. Cohen in turn accused Republican lawmakers of trying to protect Trump and blindly following the president. He explained further, quote, I am responsible for your silliness because I did the same thing that you're doing now for 10 years. I protected Mr. Trump for 10 years, unquote. He also claimed, quote, for the record, individual number one is President Donald J. Trump, unquote. And in boundary-breaking news, Chicago will soon elect a black woman as mayor for the first time in the Windy City's history, due to a runoff. Political outsider Lori Lightfoot, who was a federal prosecutor in northern Illinois, and Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle were the top two vote-getters among 14 candidates. But neither received more than the 50% needed to avoid an April 2nd runoff. The winner will succeed Mayor Rahm Emanuel to lead the nation's third largest city. Emanuel did not seek re-election. Among those they defeated was William Daly, who has never held a major elected office, but whose family has dominated Chicago politics for much of the past six decades. Lightfoot, the first openly gay woman to run for Chicago mayor, has been critical of efforts to reform the Chicago Police Department in the wake of the 2014 fatal shooting of black teenager Laquan McDonald by a white police officer. Lightfoot said Tuesday night to a crowd of her supporters, quote, this is what change looks like. Preckwinkle, who leads the county's Democratic Party, also made a campaign issue out of McDonald's shooting. We may not be at the finish line, but we should acknowledge that history is being made, Preckwinkle told her supporters. To note, although this was a nonpartisan election, the candidates were all attached in varying degrees to the Democratic Party. The Republican Party has virtually disappeared from the city. 
If you've ever been cornered at the coffee pot by the office oversharer, you know just how easily the boundary between healthy candor and cringe-inducing oversharing can be crossed. And you're not alone. Three in five workers said they encountered at least one oversharer at work per week in a 2014 SurveyMonkey survey. The problem is that the boundary between appropriate sharing and inappropriate self-disclosure can vary from person to person. When is a personal story too much? And what can you do about it? For wildly inappropriate disclosures, many employees have the option of going to human resources to file a complaint. But for those gray areas, you may need to gently but firmly establish a boundary before you hear information you'll never be able to forget. Here are some ways to stop an oversharer and not become one. First, share what you would feel comfortable hearing from someone else. To assert boundaries, you must first recognize where yours are. Second, read the room. Each workplace has its own governing assumptions about what constitutes oversharing. Try to observe what others at your workplace do. Third, be straightforward. Take a kind and candid approach to setting a boundary when a colleague says too much, said Julie de Azevedo Hanks, a psychotherapist and author of The Assertiveness Guide for Women. It's okay to say, I'm starting to feel a bit uncomfortable having this conversation at work, or I feel honored that you trust me, I'm just not sure I want to know this much, Hanks said. Fourth, redirect the conversation. Hanks said you can try a less direct approach by changing the subject with an oversharer. The boundaries can get blurrier with colleagues you have befriended outside work. If those you hang out with on the weekends are getting too personal on the job, it's time to turn the conversation back to the work relationship. She recommends something like, hmm, that's interesting. I'm curious, what are your plans for next week's presentation? Finally, don't forget that employers can read your online chatter and beware that the internet can lure us into sharing more than we would face-to-face. Psychology professor John Suler calls this the online disinhibition effect. He said that people may become more uninhibited with their thoughts online because they feel anonymous or invisible, and they feel like equals with others in cyberspace. So remember, be straightforward and kind to avoid the negative effects of the dreaded oversharer. And here's what else you shouldn't be sleeping on. President Donald Trump and North Korea's Kim Jong-un opened their second summit yesterday with hopeful words and a private chat before sitting down for dinner and further talks about North Korea's pursuit of nuclear weapons. However, in an effort to curtail press access, the White House blocked several pool reporters from attending the dinner between the two leaders. All but one print reporter was excluded from the dinner CNN reported. For more about how these stories develop, head to HuffPost.com. And now, you really gotta get up. Bye!